Okay, welcome back to the podcast. What's the Bible say? Today we're going to continue in the topic of what's the Bible say about God? And today I want to cover a couple of things about what does God like? What does God love? Which would shine a little bit on, you know, what does the Bible say about God? You know, what what does God uh, show us by what he approves of and what he likes? One thing that God loves is justice. In Psalm 11 verse 7, the Bible says, the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. And Psalm 37 28 says, for the Lord loves justice and does not abandon his godly ones. They're protected forever, but the descendants of the wicked will be eliminated. Zechariah 7 verse 9 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Render true judgments, show kindness and mercy to one another. Deuteronomy chapter 16 verse 19, You shall not pervert justice, you shall not show partiality, and you shall not accept a bribe. For a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and subverts the cause of the righteous. Justice, and only justice, you shall follow, that you may live and inherit the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 18. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 1. Thus says the Lord, Keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come, and my righteousness be revealed. Psalm 58, verse 11. Mankind will say, Surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges the earth. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's calls. What else does God love? God loves the righteous. Psalm 146 verse 8. The Lord opens the eyes of those who are blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. 1 Peter 2:24. He himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 and 17, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Genesis chapter 15 verse 5. And God brought Abraham outside and said, Look to heaven and number the stars, if you're able to number them. Then God said to him, So shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. Romans chapter 4, verse 4. Now, 
to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as what's coming to him. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one whom God counts righteous apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. So God loves justice and he loves the righteous. But God also loves Christians. 1 John 4, 15 and 16 says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him, and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. John 16, verse 27, For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came from the Father. God loves those who love him. In Deuteronomy 7, 9, it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his faithfulness to a thousand generations for those who love him and keep his commandments. And God loves those who don't even love him. In 1 John 4, 10, 11, it says, And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So here we see that God loves us. It's just who he is. He loves us in advance of our goodness or anything we've ever done. And again, we see that in Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates his own love towards us. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. This is all who is God. God is proactive in his relationships with people, with humanity. And how does he show that character is in premeditated love, if you will. He's premeditated his love for all of humanity. God loves those who fear him. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Psalm 103 verse 11 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. You know, and we find more about God's character and who God is in John chapter 3, of course verse 16, but also verse 17. Verse 17 says, God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world, all the people in the world, might be saved through his son so we can find a lot out about god by reading the bible i mean in a, a large theme is is what god is like towards those who pursue him or who are crying out to him or that don't even know him and that is you know he's got a heart of mercy and love for those he he's a caring god but we can also find out things about the character of god by the things that god does not like the things that God is opposed to, the things that make God angry or, you know, would be a reason for him to pour out judgment and wrath on the wicked. The wicked, God hates the wicked. I mean, while you're a human being on earth, you have the opportunity to change your ways. Obviously, we know that. But, you know, once life is over, 
you know it's kind of like when you're in school and you have an exam and you get say you get a time test you have an hour or 45 minutes or two hours or whatever it is and at the end of that test you hear the teacher say okay time's up pencils down turn your papers in it's over you know the the, the, the exam is over and unfortunately it'll be that way whenever life is over i mean if you filled up your paper, so to speak, metaphorically, with wickedness. When you turn that in, I mean, that's all you have to turn in. If you don't have the word J-E-S-U-S on there, you know, or mercy, from from God's perspective, you know, the test is over. And, of course, God's going to punish the wicked. God's going to punish the evildoer, you know. And that's replete in Scripture. And that is that is a characteristic of God. That is an attribute. And that is, you know in part a characteristic of life and what life is obviously you know but you know the fact that god needs to judge the wicked is a part of his character proverbs chapter 6 verse 16 through 19 says there are six things that the lord hates seven that are an abomination to him haughty eyes a lying tongue hands that shed innocent blood a heart that devises wicked plans feet that make haste to run to evil a false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among brothers and here in john chapter 8 verse 44 you are of your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desire he was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him when he lies he speaks his own character for he's a liar and the father of lies john chapter 3 verse 19 and this is the judgment the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light lest his works should be exposed but whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in god proverbs chapter 12 Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Exodus 23, verse 7. Keep far from a false charge, and do not kill the innocent and righteous, for I will not acquit the wicked. And obviously, Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. You shall not murder. Really, all the Ten Commandments. You can look at those. and These are the things that the do's and do nots, you know. Don't, don't steal. God doesn't like stealing. There's a reason that God gave us the Ten Commandments. These are the things that he wants to keep you from because he hates those things. They aren't conducive to a right relationship with him. And never mind with your neighbor. God hates religious hypocrisy we see it in isaiah chapter 1 starting at verse 10 hear the word of the lord you rulers of sodom listen to the instruction of our god you people of gomorrah what are your many sacrifices to me says the lord i've had enough of burnt offerings and rams and the fat of fattened cattle and i take no pleasure in the blood of bulls lambs or goats when you come to appear before me who requires of you this trampling of my courtyards do not go on bringing your worthless offerings incense is an abomination to me new moon and sabbath the proclamation of an assembly i cannot endure wrongdoing and the festive assembly i hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts they have become a burden to me 
I'm tired of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you offer many prayers, I will not be listening. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Stop doing evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Obtain justice for the orphan. Plead the widow's case. Psalm 11:5. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked, and his soul hates one who loves violence. I mean, all in all, you know, God hates when people do wrong and lie, when they gossip and slander others, when they harm others, when they think highly of religious legalism, when they lie in court and exploit others in business, when they take advantage of people to make money for themselves or to give themselves a good name. When people are corrupt, God hates that. I mean, this is not what God wants. God wants us to do and say what is right, have compassion, lift others up to help the weak and think highly of those who love God, promote justice, walk humbly with God, deal fairly and justly in business and in life, and let the corruptible man put on incorruptibility. There's obviously bad traits that people can have, you know, non-virtues like pride and wrath and greed, laziness, gluttony, drunkenness, envy, lust. God wants us to be humble, forgiving, generous, diligent, use self-control, have empathy and purity in our lives. These are ways that we can see easily who God is. And like I said before, you know, these ideas of who is God, I mean, basically, they're things we already know. But while you're alive and while you're walking on top of the earth and not buried under it, it's important to remember a few things. That is one Receiving God's love for you while you're alive is like accepting what your soul needs that will make your life better. I mean, it's not, you don't, you don't come to God to feel better necessarily. It is a byproduct of faith in God, true faith in God. I mean, God can help you in whatever you do. But remember that, you know, while your heart is still beating, you have a the chance to know God's love for you and therefore you will inevitably walk in the spirit and not just be virtuous as a thing you have to do but if you're really walking with the Lord and not just trying to show that you are you will have the benefit of the virtues which will spring up in your life and they're good for other people when you're humble and when you're loving and kind but really it's good for you too so you know like the bible says taste and see that the lord is good is good for you and that is it's important because when we're done with life like I've said before, you know, there's people that live 200 years ago, they did that thing where they die, you know, we're all going to do that eventually, but not until it's time. And you can live in the presence of God here on earth while you're human, knowing that God loves you. He's extending his kindness to those who are, uh, you know, alive. We're alive and it's now that God can be a kind shepherd. He can be like a father to you. He can, you know, help you to, you know, bear the good fruit of the spirit and the virtue of his grace. And that alone makes life worth living, but also carries you through into forever, into a place of, you know, heaven 
of his presence, of his goodness, and his kindness, and his mercy forever and ever and ever and ever. But if we don't ever turn to God, then, you know, we're going to look evil to God. God sees an unrepentant heart, an unbelieving heart. You know, it's not just that someone is unbelieving. It's not just that someone has committed any sin at all. It's that lack of God's involvement in your life that is the real problem. I mean, because God involved in your life will inevitably give you something good to live for. In fact, carry through difficult times. It's when we're done living that if we went our whole life in unbelief and whatever is outside of you know, faith and, and accepting His grace and love in life will ultimately end up as having had a difficult go because we weren't made to live without God. We were we were not made to live without God in our lives. And it's difficult and it's hard and there's things you have to overcome. Overcome unbelief, overcome despair, overcome all that stuff. But how do you do that? You have to have faith. I hope this message will reach you and help you to know that God does love you. God does care for you. And really, your sin and your wickedness is the problem. It's not your problem. It's not necessarily just the problem between you and God. It's what is making your life not go right. It's what is causing you difficulty. That's the thing. That's the thing that's making your life hard if if you have never accepted God's gift if you have accepted God's gift you, and you haven't you know maybe laid everything out just you still have faith in God still trust God to give you the grace to walk through life and really mean it you know mean it and expect God to help you look for him in your life pour your heart to him and that really goes for everybody that goes for all of us you know we're all here on earth and it's just a blink of time in the contrast against forever and let me just close with this you think about eternity compared to life you've got 80 years here on earth maybe 110 some of us 20 some of us 50 some of us another day some of us another decade ultimately it ends you know i mean life is short in the big picture of eternity imagine if you will say the grand canyon empty of no water no nothing now imagine a bird in saudi arabia as long as it would take a bird to go from saudi arabia one grain of sand in its beak and fly all the way across the ocean all the way to america over to the grand canyon and drop a single grain of sand in the grand canyon and then fly all the way back to the desert pick up another grain of sand fly all the way back and drop that grain of sand and fly back repeating that progress until the desert is empty of sand and the grand canyon is full over the top full of sand that would be about one second of eternity so think about that when you think about how long forever is that would be a second. I'm just saying, I guess at the end of the day, I'm just saying heaven is a long, 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 long time. In fact, it's no time. It's time without end. So just give your heart to the Lord. Know that God's character is that he cares for you, loves you, and don't wait until it's too late. Hopefully this was insightful and helpful to your daily walk, and it will assist you 
in this life and in your progress. Share it with a friend, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.